This episode of The Amazing Nerd Show is sponsored by Podcorn. Christian, we know life as a podcaster isn't easy. Monetizing your small independent podcast can lead to nothing but heartbreak and frustration. We didn't even know the first place to start and how to approach these companies. But then we found Podcorn, a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Damn it, with Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do. And Christian, I love their mission statement. To give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when they monetize. Click the link in our show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Podcorn, connecting unique voices to unique brands. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, nerd. Are you ready to launch 109th Expedition into Nerdum? Preparing for launch. Queuing bitchin' rockabilly track. Priming engines. Preparing journey through enchanted fairy tale woodlands. Unecrypting files for comics, TV, movies, wrestling. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. That's the Amazing Nerd Show. All right, so this week I got that ultimate question that every fucking nerd gets, you know, who loves comic books. What's your favorite superhero? And it always, like, gets me. Like, I always clam up, and then I go through, like, fucking, you know, ten different characters, and then, you know, the person just slowly starts walking away. <laughs> and I'm just left, like, sitting there with a headache. Because I can never choose a hero for some reason. Um, you know, the easy answer for me is Spider-Man. You know, because I feel like he's the character I most relate to. Mm. But goddammit, I love Batman. You know, I don't know what specifically I love about Batman. You know, just his quest for vengeance, I guess. You know, his insane drive. Um, but at the same time, I think part of it for me is just I love his villains so much. But I, my God, I, I, I think I'm more of a villain guy in general. You know, I, I think a lot of the characters, the, a lot of the superheroes at least, that I love is really just because I love the rogues gallery. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like Spider-Man and Batman. I mean, Batman and Spider-Man probably have overall, for me at least, the, you know, the two best rogues galleries. Um you know, so I mean, it, it just it's that question that always gets me. I, I mean, you could always argue that the the better the rogues gallery, the better the character in general. Oh, I mean, absolutely. That, it just goes hands in hand. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, part of me is like, do I really like Batman because of his rogues gallery? <laughs> is that really why? You know, is he just you know kind of a plot device for me to get to the Joker and you know all those great characters? Um, cause I mean, I can't relate to Batman at all. Like he's a billionaire in a fucking bat suit running around with great toys. I mean, but that's it. You know, I mean, he's, he's pretty perfect when it comes to fucking crime fighting. He always gets his way out. Yes, you know? but he is insane. He's absolutely he's insane. He's insane. in a fucking bat suit. He's almost as loud. bad as his villains and that's a point that i think a lot of writers like to get to as well yes i mean they're all reflections these twisted mm -hmm. reflections of batman in a way um but like he's never over the edge like the punisher you know i think almost what makes him more insane is the fact that he won't kill his fucking villains because mm -hmm. you would think a person who's driven by this fucking thirst for vengeance and you know ju you know justice in a way would go that like you know especially with the joker you know, like, why won't you just fucking break his neck at this point? <laughs> you know, because um, he always gets out. They all always get out. So mm. just end it. Um, you know, that's, I feel like, him staying with his moral compass, you know, like, to that degree, I feel like is the true insanity of Batman. Um, but Christian, that being said, what's your favorite superhero? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, since I've talked about it so much, it's probably Batman. Okay. 
Okay, and that's fair. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think he's probably a close second <laughs> for me, but I always question why, you know? Um, but it's hilarious watching people, like, just, like, slowly <laughs> regret asking me that question. But I feel like every comic nerd gets mm-hmm. that question, um, and people never know what they're getting themselves into. You see, I feel like I run into that with films more, because mm-hmm. I'm always, like, I, it depends on my mood. Yeah, what's my favorite movie this year? You know, I have yeah. oh, I have like two or three movies that are staple. They're always in my top ten, but then it's always changing. Exactly. Um, but it, because we're consuming so much content and everything, and it really depends on what mood I'm in, and you know what day of the week, what I ate that day. You know, it, it changes constantly. <laughs> but superheroes, it's usually you know top two: Spider Man, Batman. You know, maybe throwing Wolverine. You know, I'm an 80s, 90s comic book nerd. Mm. Um, but yeah, after that, it gets a little more difficult. And then it's just villains, pretty much, <laughs> after that. <laughs> What's your favorite villain? I mean, off the bat, it probably is Joker, but... Yeah, I think it's I think it's everyone's favorite <laughs> exactly. villain. I'm a, I'm a Magneto guy, though. Like, mm. I love Magneto. I mean, I don't necessarily love, you know, this current version of him, but... You know, I love Magneto, and I love just how he's definitely a character where you understand where he's coming from, where the Joker's just an agent of chaos, you know, but there's something so attractive about that and just freeing. Um, You know, God, I sound sick. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I would say on the other side of the coin for Marvel, I usually probably pick Doctor Doom, even though I'm not a huge, like, Fantastic Four fan. Yeah, I was going to say, you hate the Fantastic Four. (laughs) But maybe that's why you love Doctor Doom. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I do, I can't, man. Okay, we're not going to go down this rabbit hole. I'm I'm about to go into Doctor Doom and the MCU, but okay, let's not go there. We've got a lot of news to get into. Maybe somewhere down the line, we'll do like a countdown as a Patreon exclusive or something. I don't know. You know, if we ever get the Patreon up and running. (laughs) (laughs) It is like mid-February at this point, right? Um, But we'll get there, right? We'll get there. All right, let's talk the news. Before we get into the news, if you're liking what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you enjoy most. We're on everything. And while you're at it, help further support the show by giving us a five-star review. Yes, let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors and nerd them. We are not mild-mannered reporters. We are mere podcasters with opinions. All right, starting off this week, Sam Raimi takes over directing Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, he's uh, taking over Scott Derrickson, who recently exited the project um, over creative differences. Uh, Man, I mean... It feels like the perfect fit, especially since this is supposedly supposed to be Marvel's first horror movie. So why not go to one of the masters of horror, Sam Mm. Raimi? Um, Obviously, people right away with the whole like multiverse theme and everything start saying, are we going to revisit like Tobey (laughs) Maguire's Spider-Man? Are we going to at least get a glimpse? You know, there's already like tons of artwork out there. Um, with Doctor Strange and Toby, um, I was like, my God, how do you people fucking like put this shit out so quickly? <laughs> um, I'm excited for it. It'll be interesting, though, because, you know, Sam's used to doing his own thing and Marvel has its way. Like mm-hmm. Foggy and Marvel, you know. Has its chains, you mean? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, they they have, you know, their very, like, distinct style. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and I think that's might have been one of the reasons. Is it's just been speculation that you know Scott Derrickson ended up leaving the project. So I mean, he's still on as a producer, but I feel like that's just kind of like you know in name only. Um, so we'll see if Sam is able to kind of you know change up his style. You know, for more, but if you're gonna hire Sam Raimi, do you want him to change his style or do you want him to do his own thing? I don't know because at the same time, it feels like they have. A lot riding on this film. It feels like this is a big like step for them into yeah. a bigger universe for themselves. Because you don't want him to go outside of his, you know, outside of the box too far. Um, but I mean, I think like what makes movies like Guardians work so well is that you know it has a strong, distinctive, you know, style that mm-hmm. is its own thing, you know, and that's James Gunn's, you know, vision. Um, so hopefully they give him the leeway to kind of do his own thing. Um, I, I, I'm 
I just feel like it's the perfect marriage, honestly. I'm now clamoring to see, like, the Marvel zombies. Um, you know, maybe a brief cameo of Ash, you know, running through the <laughs> streets, being chased by a zombie Hulk. I don't know. You know, there's some small things I'm asking for. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm excited for it, obviously. Um, but I am a little hesitant at the same time. Just I, mean, be, I, I don't know how well Sam's going to, like, play with others. You know, and I hope it's not in another case after, like, you know, a couple months. He's like, no, I can't do this. I'm walking away. I mean, it's exciting. I mean, uh, Feige keeps coming out and saying, it's going to be scary, guys. You know, he's... It's funny because didn't it feel like he backtracked a little bit, mm-hmm. like, a month or so ago, though? Like, he's like, well, it's not, like, a complete horror movie. <laughs> it has horror elements in mm-hmm. it. Maybe, but... maybe they've changed the script at this point. Yeah. Yeah, because um, that was another thing that people were, like, speculating, that Derrickson wanted it to be, like, almost a straight horror movie. So it just feels like there's a lot of moving parts to, like, this movie, and it feels like it's going to be quite the undertaking. It feels like it's going to be doing a lot of, like, setup for Phase 4. So I'm, it, it, we're hearing tons of rumors, and they're just rumors right now, of all these different characters that are going to be introduced, you know, mm-hmm. through this movie. But once again it's all rumors so and it could just be like glorified cameos honestly so but well there's also reports that you know they're gonna do existing characters as well in different universes yeah yeah that 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 could definitely be fun mm-hmm. you know um like I, I brought up you know zombie marvel that would be really like interesting to explore so um but once again like i don't want it to get over bloated you know, I, I want them to, because it feels like at this point, like it needs to be like a two-parter almost. Mm-hmm. So I doubt they're going to go that route. No, yeah, it sounds like a trilogy on its own. Yeah. <laughs> Which I wouldn't mind. I mean, it'd be fun. But yeah, because we've heard, what, what, what was the rumors that we had? We just had strange news, right? Mm-hmm. Was it Brother, oh, Brother Voodoo, yeah. American Chavez, um, who, oh, uh, Celia. Yeah, his, uh, his yeah, his, on and off again. Girlfriend. Well, his wife at one point. Yes, so. Mamu's daughter or something. Yeah, like yes, that. <laughs> yes. Scarlet Witch mm-hmm. is all, all, which would make sense, but is also rumored to be in it. So, um, yeah, there's a lot here, um, you know, for a two-hour feature. So, and who knows? Maybe Miles will swing through a portal and <laughs> do they go that route? That'd be great. Yeah. That they really set up like the Spider Verse with mm-hmm. this, they could, and just like a scene, honestly, that's all they would need to do. So, but we've been saying that a lot. You know, we wanted that with the Defenders. You I know? feel like they're not going to give um, Sony any more like rubs at this point. No, no, unless like that contract, that like whole agreement is mm-hmm. you know deeper than we think. Um, I can't imagine them doing that much legwork for Sony. So. <laughs> Um, without them being guaranteed something. All right, well, sticking with horror, we have a new Silent Hill movie announced. Uh, Christopher Gaines is back on to take another swing at it, apparently. Well, I wonder if it's kind of like stuck in his crawl because the first one sucks so much that, you know, (laughs) it feels like, you know, like he needs, he owes us one, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you a fan of the first movie, Christian? I, I liked it. For the most part, I, I know it's little, not that great. Of saw a film. little tear welling up as I was saying that. <laughs> You're a fan of that movie, aren't you? I'm not a huge fan, but I would say I did enjoy it at the time. It, were you? Are you more of a fan of the video game? And that's you know probably, and okay. that's probably like my only you know film reference for it. it. Doesn't do the game any justice, but that's what I was gonna say. Like I, <laughs> I remember being really excited mm-hmm. for that film when it came out, and like just realizing halfway through it, like, oh my god, what the fuck is this? This is a disaster because it was just you know just a CGI mess, and there was no like it felt like there was hardly any plot mm-hmm. and no like tension, suspense, scares, anything. It felt more of like in the vein <coughs> of the like Resident Evil franchise, which I was. In, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of. I know you love those movies. Um, Action so. horror, man. It, it doesn't go doesn't go too wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll well, leave it there. <laughs> what's funny is that actually Alice Cridge, who we'll be talking about later on in the show, uh-huh. was probably the best part of the Silent Hill film. Oh, that's right. I mm-hmm. forgot that she was in that. All right. She's the crazy witch mother. Yeah, look at that. Um, yeah, this still sucked, though. <laughs> <laughs> it still sucked. So Christopher Gang, he did Beauty and the Beast. Yes. 
that's bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> and out of all the Disney remakes so far, I feel like Beauty and the Beast was the most well handled. Why would they go back to him? Just because of the success of Beauty and the Beast? Maybe. Or do, like, does Silent Hill have a huge fan base? The movie? The movie? I don't know about the movie, but I know the games have a dedicated... I know the games do, but like, it's just interesting, like that movie, mm. from what I know, failed. So why would you go back to the original well, it, director? They had like two sequels, man. Did it? Yeah. Were they like straight to like DVD? No, the second one definitely went to theaters. I don't know about the third one. So maybe it did better than I like realized, because <laughs> I remember just hating mm-hmm. it. And I thought it was kind of like unanimous, where everyone was just kind of like, "Oh, this is." Piece Don't of worry, shit. the movie's got pretty bad. Okay, I I can't <laughs> imagine. <laughs> so all right, well maybe this is you know mm-hmm. I don't know the I king just... returning to his throne too well. <laughs> I just think it's such an interesting game and it's such an interesting like the way that they handle atmosphere in the game is something I would want to see cinematically done Mm -hmm. you know i would love to see you know these huge places of fog where you're trying to you're watching the main character trying to traverse all this Mm -hmm. and then running into the terrifying nurses and the fucking pyramid head and all these people like i feel like there's so much more that they could do and handle it just from the little i know of the game there's so many great visuals and everything like that i know people who play the game who like no the game is actually scary like you're sitting there you're really immersed Mm. in this whole like world that they built and you know it's actually terrifying when you're first playing it so you know that being said like that did not translate well at all in the movie so really i mean i i just hope that he has a better like grasp of what he wants to do this time because it definitely felt like it was probably a case of the studio too getting Mm -hmm. involved um you know i mean i don't know this guy from fucking adam but i mean (laughs) he had he's had some success obviously because that fucking beauty and the beast movie did gangbusters exactly so um but But, i mean that's disney for you so you're you're excited for this then at least i'll have to see something you know okay those sequels were pretty bad i don't know if he was involved or not (laughs) well i don't think he was involved in the sequels at least i don't think they they uh, list the sequels here uh something brotherhood of the wolf i've never saw that (laughs) so but yeah well i mean there's definitely more potential i feel like nowadays to make a good silent hill film what about a did we hear that there was a series at one point was this silent hill I'm not sure because we heard like about five different yes. horror movies becoming series. Studios were optioning a lot of like properties for mm-hmm. series at one point. We we're hearing tons of rumors and I felt like everything at one point was possibly getting a potential series. So I thought Silent Hill was on the list, but apparently they're going to feature, you know, a feature film with it. So which I mean, once again, I mean it's a fucking stunning game. So it feels like it would make you know well for you know the cinema but i don't know we'll see we'll see didn't work the first time (laughs) (laughs) all right uh what do we got next well up next we have harrison ford is excited about indiana jones (laughs) five that's the headline yep that is the headline a bold lie <laughs> to everyone. He's just excited for the paycheck for Indiana Jones 5. He's probably excited to kill the character. <laughs> is, is that what he's saying? Is he saying no, that but he wants to kill the character? That's just what I imagine every time he signs off to a film. Because he wanted to kill Han Solo. Exactly. Like in Return of the Jedi, he wanted Han Solo to die. So <laughs> um, he does in this article go on to say that Indiana Jones dies with him, which I mean. Harrison, come on, dude. Uh, you know that. So, I mean, there's already a new Han Solo. <laughs> Give me a break. He can't believe that. Like, they're going to, like, honor that, and there's not going to be a remake the second he <laughs> dies. <laughs> Watch. He'll, he'll write it in his will, like, no one else can play Indiana Jones, and they'll be, oh, well, here's Indy Jones. Yeah. They, you it, know? <laughs> and I don't think that how that's how it works rights-wise. Exactly. So I don't think he gets that much say. Um, but are you excited at all for this? No. After Crystal Skull, why would I want another sequel? That movie was a disaster. Um, is uh, Shia supposed to be attached to this? Nah, apparently no. he's out. I mean, at this point, you see the movies he's trying to make. I yeah. can't imagine him signing up to a big blockbuster. He's like been this. getting some like critical acclaim mm-hmm. though, but I can't imagine him or them wanting to bring him back. So I wonder how they write him off. Um, because this is a, it's not a remake. It's a a sequel. You know, Kathleen Kennedy did come out and say that, 
um, right off the bat. So, which only makes sense. How are you going to have a 77-year-old Indiana Jones running around like it's day one? So, um, that kind of felt like, well, no shit, Kathleen. I, I don't know why people thought it was going to be <laughs> like a remake. Maybe they thought like Harrison was just doing like a cameo mm. or something like that to pass the torch. Maybe they were hoping for something new. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. They're not getting it. Not as long <laughs> as Indiana or uh, Harrison's alive. Either way, so. Kathleen, be, be careful, man. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, the movie's going to make money. Spielberg is attached to it, of course. You know, what does that like, mean? He was attached to Crystal Skull. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, what's interesting is he's come out and said that he, like, basically compromised a lot with Lucas. Almost kind of like passing the buck, uh-huh. you know, to Lucas. So I mean, they're, like, really close friends, so maybe it was a jest, but it definitely felt like he was throwing him under the bus. If anything, Lucas is like, people already hate me. Just, Just blame, it blame me. Exactly. <laughs> sure, crawl into the refrigerator. They'll, they'll protect you from a nuclear blast. <laughs> Wait, were you saying that wouldn't work? <laughs> Every time. All right, so the movie is supposed to be, it's actually scheduled for uh, July 10th, 2021. It's been pushed back like a couple times mm. at this point, but it's still in production. You know, they're moving forward. So, you know, I maybe just I, keep Ford out of planes. Yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, well, up next we have Craven the Hunter, a Spider Man spin off movie begins casting. All right, so um, Craven was rumored to actually be the villain at one point for the third Spider-Man film. Um, like kind of like, you know, Spidey on the run mm-hmm. and then Craven gets involved, you know, hunting him down. Uh, so I was kind of surprised to see this. Um, but I guess Illuminati's at it again. Um, that's the site that's kind of reporting this. Um, and the, once it seems like they got their hand on like another casting sheet, um, a casting call, but He's being described as a maniacal big game hunter. Um, so it's definitely the Craven that we've seen in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, you know, it's his mission um, to hunt down Spider-Man. So that definitely directly ties him to the MCU's version of Spider-Man, I would, I would think. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if this is, you know, maybe he's in the third film and then he gets his own spinoff somehow. Um you know, or, you know, he's not in the third film and they're just doing one of these villain one-offs like we're getting with, like, Morbius. Um, that being said, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> you know? Uh, I understand this has always been, it feels like, Sony's dream, like, to introduce the Sinister Six this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, back with, you know, Andrew Garfield, that was, I think, the second film ended with, like, different, like, screenshots and logos. Well, for it's the... like a guy walking past all their armor. Yes. In Oscorp. Yes, and they even have the little, yeah, cheesy mm-hmm. fucking CGI ending with all their little, like, logos or whatever, hinting at those characters. Um, I was actually happy that we didn't get that. That just felt like a huge mistake. Um, We'll see how Morbius does, because I was actually impressed with that trailer. Mm -hmm. Um, I hated fucking Venom, though. So, um, but is, you know, if it's a case of it spinning out of Spider-Man 3, where Kraven's introduced there, and then I just don't feel like there's enough meat on the bone for Kraven to have his own movie, though. You know, and I know now studios, like especially after the success of the Joker, are going to be, you know, trying to find all like their the best villains mm. in their like catalog to use. But, you know, Craven's a fun character and Craven's Last Hunt is one of my favorite Spider Man, you know, books. But I don't know if I wanna see a solo movie, you know, that doesn't directly have Spider Man in it. You know, I don't under, I don't know what the mission would be or the story would be. So, um, you know, I, once again, it could be a case the trailer comes out and I'm just totally <laughs> amazed in love with, the, you know, the idea. But right now I'm just kind of I know, I'm lukewarm on it. No, I think I'd rather prefer the original sounding plans for him to be a part of Spider-Man 3. I feel like that makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, who would you cast in this role? All right. Hear me out. I was thinking about it. You know, I was thinking someone who could maybe take on the physicality and also, you know, play this hunter type character. Um, and I went down through tons of actors and I, I, I settled on Henry Cavill. 
Okay, interesting. That just brought a goatee or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, in The Witcher, does he have an accent? He does. Okay. He has to do Geralt's accent, and he nails it out of the park. Okay, it's strong. Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe for me, it was uh, Javier Bardem. Hmm. So, um, you know, Craven is pretty much insane. So, and like, but it's subtle. And I feel like Javier can definitely portray that. You know, we've seen what he's done with like, you know, No Country for Old Men. You know, you know, I think of that kind of role for him where he's just like this kind of like stone cold killer. Um, so, I, I, you know, and I feel like physicality, once again, like he matches the character well. Um, now, hear me out. Idris Elba. <laughs> He can't play the role. <laughs> he can too. It'd be fantastic. It would be awesome. But every single one role. of these castings, we bring up Idris Elba. I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> no, I actually really think he'd be well suited for Crave of the Hunter. But at the same time, uh-huh. he's already in the Marvel. He's MCU. got the physicality. <laughs> he's got the range. I mean, come on, man. I know he already exists, but no one cares about that. People like Heimdale. Come on. He's a big part of those movies. Why would they cast him that role? They could have given him such a bigger role in the MCU. I don't know, man. doesn't need to be the fucking bridge keeper. (laughs) But anyway, okay. But no, Javier Bardem. That's who I would go with. I think it's an interesting choice. I don't picture him... In a loincloth? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A tiger vest or a lion vest, whatever the hell that thing is. I mean, he can pull it off, but I'm just saying, I don't know. Cheetah pants? (laughs) (laughs) Is he going to rock the cheetah pants in the movie? No, they'll probably be like camo. Yeah, they'll make it more real world, right? I hope he rocks the cheetah. I mean, they did fucking Mysterio. True. You went full Mysterio. hmm. Fucking, I want the lion vest. I want the cheetah pants. I, I picture the vest. But I feel like pants wise, it's gonna be just like Sahara camo. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I want Javier Bardem in cheetah pants. <laughs> that sounds wrong. Um or right, if you will. Uh, but let's move on. Yes, we had a lot of trailers that came out of Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, yes, more than we thought we were getting, actually. It's time. Wanda, welcome home. Vision residents. I'm gonna burn this place to the ground. All right, so we're using the term trailer very loosely because <laughs> this was almost not even a teaser. You know, we just got basically a brief look at uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, WandaVision, and Loki. I mean, and I mean brief, mm. but I mean, it was enough to wet my whistle. So I <laughs> don't know I, about you. I, I'm so actually kind of surprised how much I popped seeing Anthony Mackie throw the shield. That was awesome. That I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it opens up with him practicing with the shield. Mm. Um, then you I mean, you see him parachuting, you see his uh, debut of his new, you know, costume, um, you know, and we get a brief glimpse at uh, the U.S. agent. It seems like he's, you know, at some kind of halftime show or something like that. I'm guessing he's, you know, been christened the new Captain America you mm-hmm. know, by the government at this point. So, but that's pretty much it. We also see Zemo quickly. I mean, really quickly. So, I mean, they didn't really give us a, a much. Um, we did get news this week, you know, or confirmation, because I think we reported it last week, that it will be debuting in August. So, um, but then we went on to WandaVision and, you know, we got a, an idea of how insane the show is going to be. It seems like they are going to be telling this story through sitcoms throughout the decades. So, you know. We got a black and white sitcom that was very like, you know, love, you know, I Love Lucy or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, Leave it to Beaver. And then it looks like we went to like the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Like it, it had like a strong like Full House vibe to mm-hmm. me at one point. Um, I think the biggest thing that came out of WandaVision 
other than like her wearing like the comic accurate like costume at one point which i'm sure is just like a halloween costume or something yeah it looked like it had a tail like it was actually supposed to be like a devil's costume <laughs> um but we saw a glimpse of twins so and that's something we were kind of talking about mm-hmm. like will they use this you know show to introduce uh wiccan and speed um i think either way they were going to have children in the show just by the way that they're showing off that every single sitcom that they're parroting is a family show mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah but the fact that there was actually like you know the two pacifiers mm-hmm. shooting up and everything it's a very brief moment but it's put in there for a reason so um you know either way i feel like we're getting that young avengers show or movie sooner than later oh I mean, yeah man they're they're planting all the seeds <laughs> at this point so um, which I'm I'm totally stoked for. So, um, and we ended with a scene from the new Loki series. Yes. Four seconds. Yes, a four <laughs> second scene where he threatens to burn it all down. Um, and you know, right away, everyone noticed the logo on. It seems like he's been imprisoned. Um, but the logo on his jumpsuit is supposedly the logo for the Time Variance Authority. Um, so you know, Loki's been fucking with the time. Sp- you know stream and he's going to pay the price so in the marvel comics basically they're in charge of the multiverse um and they kind of take out anyone who's a threat or even like they'll take out like a whole like you know dimension you know reality if they feel like the reality has become too dangerous so why didn't they stop thanos that's a good question. <laughs> There's a lot of things that they could have stopped. So, I mean, House of M, I mean, the whole fucking Infinity, you know, war. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but it's, it's comics, man. Come on. <laughs> Only when it's convenient. Yes. Do they show up? Right. <laughs> yes. There's been major events they could have been involved in. Um, but anyway, somehow I'm even more excited, you know, for these shows to start. So, um, so I guess also bob Iger made a little bit of news this week uh during like their annual i don't know if it was their investors like quarterly meeting or you know something but i guess he mentioned that they have seven shows like in production or pre-production um and then people started doing the math and there's like two unaccounted for so everyone started to speculate what Mm -hmm. those two could be um one of them was the documentary series that they were kind of talking about, like called 616 something, um, which feels like likely that's probably one of them. But then everyone was like, well, what the fuck's the other one? So um, what would you like to see them do, Christian? What, what do you think I'm going to say? Ghost Rider. Oh, that was not what I was going to say. But Punisher? Um, I was going to say just Young Avengers. <laughs> Young <laughs> Avengers, yeah. As a series, but... Do you want to see Young Avengers as a series, or do you want to see it as like a film? I'd love to see it as a film. I don't think I don't think they're going to do it as a film. You don't think so? No. I feel like they're introducing them all off film, except for I guess America Chavez. And <laughs> um, you know, because we're already getting a Miss Marvel series, but mm. I mean, the Miss Marvel series could definitely tie into the Young Avengers series. Like it starts off there, and we kind of get all the team together through that i mean we know that you know um kate bishop is going to be introduced in hawkeye so um all the pieces are on the board really Mm. so i guess yeah it could be the series it it probably makes the most sense out mm. of all of them um i i just keep on harkening back to the fact that you know faki you know pulled the plug on that ghostwriter series really quickly that was supposed to be on hulu and i guess there's been like i i think he said in interviews that he's a huge fan of the character so yeah, maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. Yeah, I'd fucking watch it. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's move on. Yes, we also had a trailer for Spiral from the Book of Saw. All right, well, before we move on, this is a word from our sponsor. This just in, the easiest way to monetize your podcast is here. Let us tell you about Podcorn. Nothing is more frustrating than working on a podcast you're passionate about and not knowing how to monetize it. Even in-app solutions from your hosts lead to aggravation and only pennies on the dollar. 
but thanks to Popcorn, the advertisers are brought to you. No longer do you have to spend hours DMing and emailing companies. Popcorn gives you the floor to pitch your show directly to the right advertisers that reflect your audience. And my favorite part of Podcorn is the fact that you're protected. Not only do they support you during the process, they make sure you get paid. And they're super user friendly. Well, I like that the Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when they monetize. That's why podcasters should click the link in our show notes to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Podcorn, connecting unique voices to unique brands. Whoever did this has another motive. They're targeting cops. This shit's gonna go sideways fast. Someone's out there pulling all the strings. You wanna play games, motherfucker? Working in the shadow of an esteemed police veteran, brash detective Ezekiel Banks and his rookie partner take charge of a grisly investigation into murders that are eerily reminiscent of the city's gruesome past. Unwittingly entrapped in a deepening mystery, Zeke finds himself at the center of the killer's morbid game. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, so, yeah, um, this happened, huh? Yeah. Um, for me, I don't know how you felt about the trailer, but I felt like it was kind of uneventful. Um, I wasn't too impressed by it. I, you know, and it's a film that I've definitely been, you know, curious about and excited by when it was announced. Um, but it the trailer kind of felt like an episode of like CSI. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm confused by the marketing for this. You know, I, I guess I was expecting your kind like I just at least some elements of you know the franchise from the past. You know, all we got was the spirals, mm-hmm. and that so <laughs> happens to be the name of the film apparently. Um, which, you know, the whole spiral from the book of Saw makes it feel like this is like a copycat killer, you know, or someone like a disciple or, you know, someone just inspired by, you Mm. know, Jigsaw, um, which I don't know how I feel about, you know, I kind of wish like if it feels like they want all the fans of Saw to watch the film, but they don't want to be a Saw film. You know, um, it just it feels like weird marketing and just yeah. a strange idea overall. Um, we didn't even get like a glimpse of Billy or anything like that. It does seem like there's some kind of puppet like it one. There's like a quick scene, but there was nothing about this. Like if this wasn't attached to like the Saw franchise, like I would have not even give this a second thought. I would have probably just started skipping past it, <laughs> you know. Um, no, true. Um I do think, like, I'm treating this more as a teaser than a normal trailer because that's this felt more like a teaser. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're not giving you a single bit of meat on the bone at all. And maybe I'm turned off just by like just the poster mm-hmm. in general and the title of the film. But I just I don't know, like the even as a teaser, like the teaser's still supposed to get you excited, you know, for seeing more. Mm-hmm. And this did not get me excited for seeing more. <laughs> Um, I mean, Chris Rock is super talented and I feel like, you know, he could bring a lot to the table, you know, so I'm hoping that I'm completely wrong and this is a fantastic movie, but I don't know, man, I, I just, this did nothing for me mm-hmm. at this point. So, um, and I'm not even like a huge Saw fan or anything. I know you're probably a bigger Saw fan than I am, um, but 
I mean, it's Samuel L. Jackson, right? Like, he's the killer. Like, are you... <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, right? Like, Yeah, he's probably the first victim, and then he'll show up at the end as the actual killer. And then the fact that he's targeting cops, it says that in the mm-hmm. trailer. Like, I mean, obviously, the killer is a former cop of some kind who's been wronged or, you know... Like, I feel like, like I've seen this movie before, right? Yeah. Seems like the obvious choice. I don't know what they're uh, planning on doing. Um, all right. Well, I hope there's more to it. I really <laughs> do. I thought this was disappointing. I just feel like it's bad marketing, too. Like, yeah, the, the poster the alone. The poster is horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good-looking poster, but it's not like, I don't know, it doesn't say any, like, it doesn't say Saw at all to mm. me. It doesn't say horror film at all to me. Well, I was like, oh, what's this next Christopher Nolan film coming out when I saw that poster? <laughs> you know, it's like, what mystery is behind it's this? It's got the cute little spiral on uh-huh. one of the stoplights, and that's it, you know? And I, I mean, it's called Spiral, apparently, but, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're going to end up releasing a trailer to kind of you know just like put people at ease mm-hmm. to let them know no this is actually a saw film um because right now it definitely doesn't feel like that at all so because we didn't even get we didn't even get a like a, a shot of a trap or anything it just seemed like we got a little aftermath but it's not like that hard r kind of mm-hmm. feel that we got and this was definitely an r like a red band trailer right because he said motherfucker in the trailer yes but I, I mean, yeah, there's. It felt like a PG thirteen horror movie with some cursing. Yeah, maybe they're just keeping their cards like close to the vest at this point. Mm. So I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt because I love Chris Rock that much. But yeah. you better be losing that hand. <laughs> <laughs> there was the part where he has it's a total callback to the first movie, mm-hmm. and he he's handcuffed to a pipe, and he looks at the fucking so, so yeah. I don't know, man. I hope it's not that direct of a tie-in, though. Like, you know, it feels a little on the nose. They could do more. They could do I more. guess. I don't know. Maybe it's, I'm holding this movie to higher standards than I shouldn't be at this so point. Jackson's just laying on the middle of the floor. jeez. <laughs> oh, it's like, I know who the killer is. <laughs> I saw the first one, goddammit. <laughs> All right, well, now we got to get into comics with our comic spotlight. All right, so this week we're talking Vader number one. We're back. Well, you're talking Vader yes, number one. I'm I didn't talking. read it. <laughs> uh, this was written by Greg Pak or Pack. Oh God, <laughs> it's like the wrestling Pac exactly. and Pack, right? Um, I always said Pack, but it could be Pac, I guess. It's probably Pack. I'm, I'm gonna go with Pack. It's probably Pack. You're right. <laughs> uh, and it was the arts done by. Rafali Lenko. Sure, dude. <laughs> the art's interesting in this book. That's that's gonna be my first comment. Okay. Um, it's, How so? It feels like they're trying to be on the same par as the Star Wars book, but it's just a little bit more cartoonish. Like maybe there's a little bit too much emotion. I would say in Vader's mask. Oh, I such. did notice. <laughs> I saw a couple panels, and I was hmm. like, "Is Vader like frowning with his mask on?" It felt a little like animation. To mm-hmm. me, um, I mean, they do it all the time. I feel like it happens. Uh-huh. They always put like more of a frown on the you know drawn versions or animated versions of. Because I really enjoyed like the Star Wars books, mm-hmm. like uh, artwork. I felt like it was really like cinematic. So um, I hope it's not too cartoony. Do What's you, feel, do you oh. feel like it was too cartoony at points? But. Overall, I, I feel like I got over it by the end. Like, I feel like Vader should have, like, a really, like, dark art style to mm-hmm. it, you know? This feels like like a whimsical yet dark <laughs> book. Interesting. If that makes sense. Um, it does start off almost the exact same way as the Star Wars book, where, I mean, we're in that period where it's right after he's just had a confrontation with Luke, and, um, you know, now he's... Now he seems to be hunting down everyone responsible for separating Luke from him. Oh, okay. So that's what his like quest is, and he's like going on this like punishment journey. I like that's, it. It sounds punishment awesome, right? Journey. <laughs> um, he's bringing on like a tr- uh, four death troopers are coming with him. Um, he's ignoring uh, messages from Palpatine. Um, that feels like such a Sith trial. <laughs> like, have you done your punishment journey yet? Like, right. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and then he also brought this um, analytics droid with him. 
Yeah, he's definitely for like comedic relief and such. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like that. In um, there was a Vader series beforehand. Yeah. Before um, Souls Run and everything. Oh, okay. Uh, where there was like um, the Doctor Afra uh, had a robot that was like a killer robot, and he was the constant. Um, okay. Relief. It was a droid. Like, yeah. Um, so I don't that's know if fine. you know this, Christian, but in the Star Wars universe, we call robots droids. What, have I been saying robot this you whole time? You said robot twice. I mean, I you're apologize. embarrassing me on my podcast. <laughs> um, they visit uh, his home, uh, Luke's home in Tatooine. Um, he was that. He literally, Vader's going there to kill Aunt Peru and oh really and uncle, uncle owen? owen yeah oh nice. he finds out that they're dead and then then we get into this kind of like whole emotional sequence because you know that's where his mom died that's where she was buried and everything how stupid do you think vader feels that he never yeah. like, bothered <laughs> checking you know because they do end up mm-hmm. killing them in new hope also which you would think he'd get some kind of report like oh shit you killed my uncle owen while you're there you know because <laughs> that's very like matter of factly but once that he realized oh they literally obi-wan just put him with uncle owen i mean what a shitty fucking hiding place right it's like oh yeah there's like a little bit of paperwork for skywalker but barely anything and then and they the robot, kept his um, last name uh-huh. for crying out loud i guess vader didn't know he existed but you think obi-wan would at least change his last name the droid immediately figures it out it's like oh um, Anakin Skywalker must have been pretty close with Padme, and that's how we got to Luke. Did Vader, like, just spark up right away <laughs> and kill the droid? No, he, um, does push her. Like, the droid, um, he actually programs, reprograms the droid to self-destruct, um, if he spills, if he wants to, tries to spill any information to Okay. Him. So he immediately, like, changes its motivator and shit like that. So yeah, um, spoilers going ahead, but, uh, we do get a interesting confrontation by the end of the book. Okay. Um, so we, we see Vader go off to another planet, you know, he's still on the hunt. What, okay, what, just to clarify this mm-hmm. hunt. So he is literally trying to hunt everyone down who could have had anything to do with hiding the twins. Yes. Well, hiding Luke. He knows nothing about Leia. Oh, that's yet. right. At this point, he mm-hmm. wouldn't know anything about Leia. So. Um, and he believes all these people have made Luke weak. So he's okay. trying to kill them for that reason. <laughs> punishment journey <laughs> um we we end up on some like weird exotic planet and there's a gungan firing off shots against um aliens we don't know if it's jar jar yeah or i'm giving you a look right now is it fucking jar jar <laughs> are we about to have the fucking return of jar jar binks and while they're in the middle of fighting all these vader shows up and finds padme there with a gun fighting as well oh what? <laughs> now, art style wise, I did not know it was Padme until someone oh, said really? it was Padme. Well, that's unfortunate. That's that's just personal, but so okay. So he comes like face to face with Padme, mm-hmm. and then what? The issue ends. I'm yep. taking it. He just says Padme. What? And then it ends. Huh. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be some kind of twist. It can't actually be the real Padme. Right? It has to be the Emperor, like. Uh, manipulating him in some way, right? You think so? Like he's sending him like a vision or something like that? A vision or a clone or something. What in Soul's book they had Vader like come mm-hmm. like right face to face with Padme, but it was a vision. Yeah, it was more of a vision. There's like um, a portal into the Force that he looks through, and okay. there she is and everything. Yeah, because she's not a Force ghost. Mm-hmm. So all right, um, huh? Yeah, so it, it's. Probably just a cliffhanger, I'm guessing. Um, I can't imagine them bringing back Padme. No. That would make no sense whatsoever. And that would be pretty frustrating, (laughs) I feel, storyline-wise. Like, Obi-Wan did such a shitty job fucking hiding Mm. Luke, but then, like, did an awesome job hiding Padme this entire time. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> she died <laughs> on that That's a stretch, table. yeah. I mean, I really do hate the fact that she, like, after revisiting Revenge of the Sith recently, I do hate the fact that she dies of a broken heart. Just feels so lame to me. Have Vader fucking break her neck. Just, I, just go all the way. He's killing younglings for crying out loud. I, I would say the labor and you know her getting strangled would probably have it's killed the doc. Her. It's the fucking the droid doctor who's yes. like you know she like we have no reason. Heart. Yes, like you know we have no reason why, but you know her health is failing. So I don't know, man. 
I don't know. But anyway, let's not talk about Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's talk about Clone Wars. Your okay. favorite Star Wars movie. Because this is all over the Oh, book. Attack of the Clones? Yes. All the like um, like visions of the past that Vader's having throughout this book is all Attack of the Clones. Well, if you think about it, that's really like the meat of the mm. relationship, you know, from what we've seen viewer wise is, you know, that's probably the most interaction we get because in Revenge of the Sith, they're just kind of like, you know, talking in secret, whispering to each other about, the pre- you know, the pregnancy and everything. Mm. Um, so, yeah, boy, that's a horrible movie to revisit, though, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, it's, it's all your favorite lines. Like, I hate them. I killed them all. It's just like, okay. Oh, does he go after the uh, Tusken Raiders? It kind of like skips in between moments, you know? Is he fucking killing them? Is he fucking ripping them apart? <laughs> they don't show it. Okay. They show the scene where he's, you know, talking to Padme about it. He fucking hates sand. <laughs> <laughs> Anakin hates sand. So overall, I'm interested, but at the same time, I, I don't... I don't want to know what's going on with Padme. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. I'm definitely picking this up now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really hope it's not the real Padme. Mm-hmm. I doubt it is, though. I can't imagine them retconning that. I can't imagine. That's a huge leap for, you know, the audience to take. But, like, are you going to be okay with it being, like, a sister that we never knew about or something like this? Oh, could it be one of her decoys? That's potential. I don't know how many how many decoys did she even have. Well, we know one dies uh-huh. in Revenge of the Sith. Um, she had a couple though. She had a hand. So maybe it's like one of the it's decoys. Kira Knightley. You know. Oh, there you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could definitely see them doing something like that. Um, you know, Vader just fucking chokes her out just because she looks like her, right? Mm. <laughs> Stirs up too emo- too much emotions for him. I don't know. He might be a little soft at this point in this book. Really? I feel they're really getting deep into his emotions. His mask isn't really showing that much emotion, is it? Not not, not like that Spider-Man. much. It's not Spider Man. Okay, because that makes no sense whatsoever. No, but you could see like just a little bit of a bend. Uh, <laughs> I don't need that. That's a weird choice. Um, yeah, man. I don't know why they wouldn't use like just a darker style art wise Mm -hmm. it just i don't know it feels like a book like that would totally scream for something like that it would make sense i understand them wanting to like be similar style wise to the star wars book but like everything you're describing does not sound like that i feel like it's for vader it feels just like the way it's not even just drawn but written as well feels way more whimsical than i've gotten with previous vader books okay so far so all right. Um, do you feel like this is a good companion piece, at least, to the Star Wars series? I guess. I just, I'm not, Cause I'm I not buying the... this punishment journey yet. Okay. I love the first two issues mm-hmm. of that Star Wars book. So, um, and I was really excited to hear that it kind of takes place at the same time. But if you're telling me that, yeah, fucking Panama and Jar Jar Binks are back, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out, man. <laughs> So, all right, well, let's move on. Well, Damon, you saw a movie this week. That's right, I saw Gretel and Hansel. And now, our feature presentation. Please make your acquaintance. I'm called Gretel, and this rough one here is my brother Hansel. Ouch! There's something wrong here. But it's so pleasant. Where are all the animals? From where does she draw milk? Gretel, there's a storm coming. This is your power. To see what is hidden and to take it. A long time ago in a distant fairy tale countryside, a young girl leads her little brother into a dark woods in desperate search for food and work only to stumble upon a nexus of terrifying evil. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Sounds like a good metal band name. Nexus of evil. Nexus of terrifying evil, Christian. I can already picture the scrambled up letters on the hat. (laughs) (laughs) Scrambled up letters. All right, so overall, I enjoyed this movie. Um, But for me, it kind of gave me a case of deja vu. Um, it felt the way I felt about it was very similar to the way I felt about underwater when I left the theater. Um, 
I was kind of frustrated because I feel like I should have loved it, but I didn't like quite get there. Um, and it's like, you know, we had perfect chemistry. We dated for a while. And then in the long run, we just ended up being friends and it just didn't work out. Maybe with benefits, you know, down the line, you know, we'll probably revisit each other like during Halloween or something, you know. Um, but yeah, it just didn't work <laughs> out. It didn't work out. <laughs> there was no spark. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that's my review. <laughs> Okay, but, like, let's get into it. Perkins, like, Oz Perkins, he crafted, like, this visual masterpiece. It's, like, dripping with atmosphere. Um, as a fan of the horror genre, it's breathtaking, and it, like, checks all the right boxes. Um, it feels like you're watching one of those, like, vintage, like, postcards, Halloween postcards, like, come to life. Um, it's everything aesthetically that you want from a film like this. Uh and I can pretty much say the same thing when it comes to, like, the score. And that's by uh, Robin Coldert. I'm totally destroying his name. Uh, but uh, he did uh, the remake of The Maniac uh, a couple years back uh, with Elijah Woods. Hmm. Um, it's actually pretty underrated for, like, a remake. Uh, it's and The soundtrack definitely stood out um, in that movie. Uh, but it's subtle and a hypnotic and it's like the perfect match for what we're seeing on screen. It never like telegraphs. It always like enhances what we're watching, um, which I think is really important. You know, what I look for in a score for a horror movie. Um, the performances are all strong. It's a small cast, so there's a lot writing on them, but they all deliver. Alice Cridge is fantastic as the witch. Um, I think lesser actresses would like take this role and go over the top with it. Um, but you know, she is just like super charismatic and likable to the point where you like, you almost want to like trust her, which is pretty weird since she definitely wants to eat the little boy. Like there's no <laughs> doubt about it. Like, she, like it's to the point where she's practically like, you know, drooling over the poor kid. Uh, but at the same time, um, it, you know, you, it feels like an iconic role. Like, her performance is that strong. Like, I could see people, like, dressing up as her for Halloween and everything. Because it's, it's a very, like, nuanced performance where it's subtle, but she hits all those great, like, you know, major notes, like, throughout the movie that just kind of gives you, like, chills. Um, just like with like subtle looks she gives the kids and everything like that, you know, the way she's like sniffing the boy's hair constantly, you know, just like these little like mm. nuances um, that, you know, really, you know, drives the character home and like her like overall creepiness. So um, it's weird throughout the film, though, like they all have different accents and i don't know if this is a choice um you know so it's kind of off-putting um for the audience um but you know the chemistry is so like good between the three characters that it's like forgivable um so with all that being said it should really like add up to like you know a good fucking horror movie um and it was good but it wasn't great um and unfortunately it didn't quite get to that next level um, because I think the story is so thin. I mean, this is, you know, the Hansel and Gretel story. You know, this is everything that you know from the Grimm's fairy tale. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. Uh, so, like, all these great qualities that I'm talking about uh, in comparison to like the storyline almost feels like overindulgent because they like you know like it's so scenic and they like hold on to these awesome shots and you know the it looks like a fucking you know uh, a masterpiece like it really does it, it just just beautiful um you know like just a really great piece of art um but you have to kind of like you know fill in the blanks yourself as the viewer to what you're seeing. Um, and I don't mind a movie like that, but they got to give me more. You know, there has to be more substance to it. And I feel like there's just a lack of story and a lack of like substance really going to it. It feels like, like a short film 
that they try to like stretch to like a feature length. Um, and it just didn't quite work overall. And it's only an hour and 27 minutes long. So, I mean, it's not like it's a long movie mm-hmm. at all. Um, and then like, for I think part of the reason why um, I kind of struggle with the movie is because like there's a lack of intensity with some of the scenes, like spe- especially some of like the scare scenes. Um, there's never really like a pulse pounding moment that gets your heart racing. Um, it always feels like, you know, the horror is just like a little off rhythm. I feel like with like a really good like scare scene, there's like a rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. And it, it really feels like it's just something is off like pacing wise or timing wise where it's not unnerving. It just never is like quite like effective. You know, it never had me on the edge of my seat. Like it, it's fucking pretty to look at, you know, and as you know, visually it's everything I want from a horror movie, but there's something missing there. Um, you know, the scares never really truly land. Uh, so, but like with that all being said, like I applaud like the studio for like actually taking a chance on a movie like this because this is not your like typical safe January horror offering from like a big studio. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it was definitely outside of the box, uh, and I think it's like a direct effect from like all the awesome like art house horror films we've been getting in recent years, and that's why they actually had the balls to like you know you know put this movie production and actually like you know put a marketing campaign behind it because i was seeing ads everywhere for Mm -hmm. this film for a while so they actually put some decent money into the marketing i mean they only made it for like five million i believe um so they probably are going to easily make their money back it didn't do like gangbusters you know box office wise but um so i do applaud them um and i really hope they're like willing to take more chances like this so like i think grade wise i'm gonna give it a b minus okay yeah so it's not it i it's something that i would recommend i would want people to go see for themselves because i feel like it it has potential to be kind of like one of those like cult movies where it just because it's so visually stunning that people will want to revisit a lot mm. um i just wish there was a little more story backing it it's probably a case of it being hurt by its own potential because it has so much going for it and it doesn't quite make you know it doesn't quite cross the finish line um like once again it's good but it's just not great Mm. and it it really could have been great um oz perkins is i mean a director that i'm going to be following for now on Uh, i'm going to go ahead and check out the black coat's daughter i haven't seen it i know has lots of buzz around it um I, he he is a promising filmmaker, and I think he's definitely someone to you know keep an eye on for the future. Well, uh, to get back to the story elements, a lot of what I was getting from the trailer and everything when I was watching it, you know, and especially with them changing the name to Gretel and Hanzo, I was like, okay, maybe they're gonna go for a big twist type angle. But it sounds like the story kind of stuck true to maybe the. Um, There's a twist. Story. Okay. There's a twist, but I don't feel like it was a great payoff, mm-hmm. you know, and I felt like it was kind of predictable. Um, there, it, It's interesting what they choose to do, but at the same time, I felt like even the twist felt thin, you know, and it really like, I, I don't know. I think I would have liked to see more where they could have gone with it. Um, and it didn't even leave me wanting like a sequel. Um, I would have like actually liked to see more of Alice Cringe's character, like kind of more of her backstory. The, I, her backstory is kind of like shoehorned at the end mm. of the story, and it really didn't necessarily click with me. Um, so, but you know, I felt like you know you could have made a really good story out of just like how this character came to be and her journey. So. Um, but for some reason, they chose not to expand on her backstory where I felt like that would have filled the movie out a little more. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 like I said, lots of potential. All right. Well, it's there's still a chance I might see it over the weekend. We'll see. Yeah, I, I would... I think you would enjoy it as like a filmmaker, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like the different choices that Perkins made and everything. Like I said, 
visually a masterpiece. I mean, it's beautiful. Like as a horror movie fan, it's definitely like a fine piece of work, like artwork where you could sit there and just stare at it. And I'm sure there's like layers to it where it's something that I'll probably pick mm-hmm. up on Blu-ray just to kind of watch a couple of times. And I feel like it's one of those movies that are going to be in like my Halloween rotation where it would totally just get me in the mood for October <laughs> and everything. But it's one of those movies that will just be kind of like on, on in the background, you know, that kind of type deal. Um, so I don't know. I, I could watch it again and totally love it and be like, what the fuck was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it might just be, like, too high of expectations for myself. You know, I do that a lot to myself when it comes to these movies, especially horror movies. But, yeah, man, it just didn't click all the way for me. All right, and that does it for this week. That's right. Uh, You know, before we go, make sure you go ahead and check out both of our networks. We're on dramacityproductions.com, along with a bunch of other great podcasts. And we're also part of the Big Head Network that has literally over a hundred podcasts so i mean if you like what you hear here um make sure you go ahead and check out those networks to hear some quality shows if you're already listening to us on your favorite podcast platform definitely give us a rate review and subscribe on that platform especially on apple podcasts yes it goes a long way for a small independent podcast like ourselves speaking of being small and independent we need that dollars yo (laughs) <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, you know, if you want to help support the show, what Christian's trying to get at is you can go ahead and pick up some nerd swag. Make sure you go ahead and head over to ProWrestlingTees.com. Go ahead and pick up some nerd swag. You know, support the show. We've got shirts over there. We also have shirts over at TeePublic.com. Yes, and we're finally getting our newer logos finally put out onto those sites. Yes. So if you're interested in the new red one, definitely go pick that up. Absolutely. And if you want to learn more about the stories that we talked about this week, go ahead and follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're constantly posting along with tons of memes and all that other good shit. So give us a follow. Um, We're definitely worth your while. All right, next week we're going to be talking about Birds of Prey. Yeah, it's getting tons of great like reviews right now. I hope we agree. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My name's Christian. My name's David. And that's the Amazing Nerd Show. And speaking of a a family experience, I just want to ask you to confirm. Indiana Jones 5, you're all in? It's happening? Mm. (laughs) How much? (laughs) 